Hello, everybody. Welcome to Asking for a Friend. I am Joanna Carpenter, your host, and this is the podcast that does not promise answers, but definitely guarantees solidarity. I'm going to preface this entire episode by saying that you may hear some funky sounds in the background. Um, I usually record this at my apartment, but since I'm very on the go and my wonderful guest is also on the go today, we are recording at a studio in Midtown, so apologies in advance for any background distractions. So today's topic is relationships, and this episode is going to be broken up into two different segments because I have two wonderful women in my life that I'm going to be talking to separately about the magic of their relationships. Um, This is not about how to get a relationship because I am literally the last person that should ever give any sort of insight or advice into that. But I wanted to have a discussion with uh, one or two dear friends of mine that are you know, as we say, hashtag relationship goals and get to know how they kind of balance the demands of a relationship with anything and everything else going on in their lives. So my first guest is Amanda De La Nues. She works in the beverage industry uh, for a company called Back Bar Project. Uh, it's a brand group of brands that I am a huge fan of as a bartender. She travels a ton for work, even if she wasn't traveling her day to day, running the New York market for her brands is like a full and a half time job. So Amanda, welcome to Asking for a Friend. Thank you. I'm (laughs) exhausted just listening to you describe my job. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about your job? Uh, I certainly will. So uh, I work for a company called Backbar Project, as Joanna already mentioned. Uh, I'm the regional sales manager for the company, which just means that I essentially manage our portfolio's brands within four states. Uh, New York, of course, being the main one, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. Uh, It's it's an interesting job in that it really does keep me on my toes. There's a lot of running around, as Joanna mentioned, and... Like literal running around. Like literal running (laughs) around to the point where I had to grab a quick cab this afternoon because I was running around with some foam poster boards, a couple of bags with some (laughs) bottles in it, my laptop, and then suddenly this guy was like, we're going to just drop some water on you now. That's cool. Uh, so Jesus for this blessing. Exactly. So so schlepping is really part of my part of my job. That should actually be on my resume moving forward. Um, is I'm a professional schlepper. Um, but so much of my job is really fun. Um, I like to say that I'm not a sales manager, but that I'm more of a storyteller because I I get the opportunity to represent families that don't get to tell their story to you know the the world of beverage enthusiasts and directors and you know rum heads and cocktail heads and mezcal heads and all the heads um so many heads so much head Uh, (laughs) we're talking about relationships so this is a rated m for mature podcast so let's just lay that right out there um but i I, I, I'm honored to represent these families. Uh, you know, we our portfolio is small. We focus on premium products, sure, but it's all family-owned. It's rooted in tradition and in culture. And for me, my favorite part of my job, despite the schlepping, is getting to talk about these families and what they do and what makes them happy and, and how the spirit you're drinking, whether it's a mezcal, a tequila, a rum, whatever it might be, how it just kind of connects you to the person who made it and 
kind of bringing that full circle. So that's really one of the one of the highlights of my job, truly. So to give the listeners that are not involved in the the beverage industry, just to give you all a little bit of context, um, when you go to a bar mm-hmm. and you sit at the bar. And you look at all of the bottles that are on what's called the back bar, which Mm -hmm. is why Amanda's company is so cleverly named. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those bottles usually has someone that represents them, whether that person's title is brand ambassador, market manager, sales rep. There is always somebody that's kind of attached to those brands um, that gets those brands in front of people that want to see them. So that is uh, cocktail bartenders and beverage directors like Amanda was talking about. Um, So it's not for those of you that really love drinking and I know you're out there, even if you might not work in the bar industry, the next time you go to a bar, you know, just take a look around and think about all of the work that gets poured into every single one of those bottles that you're looking at because there is a human's labor um, and often labor of love that is attached to all of those things that are there for you to enjoy. And that has been my cocktail lecture for the day. So, um, Amanda, um, given that I walked in and you were like, ah, um, tell us a little bit about what your day to day is like. Well, um, she just got tired. Yeah, sure. I sure did. <laughs> Could really use a cocktail now, actually. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like, it started off pretty chill. Like, I I knew that I was gonna have a later start to my day to some regard. So I was like, all right, well, I can check in on some emails early in the morning before I hop on the train and head into Manhattan. I live in Brooklyn, and so. A lot of my work does get done there, but because I'm meant to be all over, I try to really get myself out there as much as possible if I'm doing a day in Manhattan or if I'm going to be out in Queens or whatever that might look like. And so today in particular, it was I was meeting up with a fellow colleague of mine who also works in the same industry who was holding on to some posters for me that I need for a couple events that I have this weekend. And so I stopped over at her place, picked those up made my way over to the park and took some personal time to catch up with a friend of mine mm. who was overdue on a, on some FaceTime. I'm not the biggest fan of FaceTime because I always feel like the person is just actually talking to one of my three chins or because <laughs> like I don't know how to hold the phone right. And so it's either like they're just kind of up in my nostril, like looking in there because I just, I it's all You have a beautiful left nostril. I, I, I would talk really, to it I if you want to FaceTime it. at some it's, point. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. Do you want to cut the podcast and FaceTime now? I'll just go out in the hallway and look <laughs> Guys, at your nose. We're done. Yeah, this is a, Thanks we're for done. listening. Um, but, uh, you know, she's she's a, an old friend of mine. I met her here in New York. I've lived in New York almost 10 years, and she's been a big part of my New York story. And she recently moved back home to Wisconsin uh, just to kind of take a reset. I think it was just one of those things where she finished grad school. It, it was... It was a lot, and uh, New York can sometimes feel that way. No what? Matter, no, yeah, right. <laughs> We're fine. No matter what you do for a living, it just can have this tendency of just you're always on go, and you never just hit pause, much less restart. And uh, so we did a little FaceTime catch up in Tompkins Square Park, uh, and then noticed the time we decided that we were you know we would chat again soon and then was of course making my way up to meet with you Joanna and 
that was when the sky was like, we have other plans. Mm-hmm. Also, to note, um, I left the house today without putting on deodorant. <laughs> so that was horrific. That's really great. And so one of my pit stops after our FaceTime chat. Pit stop. Yep, yep. That was pun intended, 1,000%. <laughs> Uh, I stopped at a Rite Aid and picked up uh, some... I had to. No, I had to. It was terrible. I did that two days ago. Yeah. So I picked up some little, you know, pocket travel deodorant or whatever, and then I got picked up in an Uber, and the driver was so nice, but I didn't realize that I was sitting directly, like, in his perfect rear rear view sight, because I sat right behind him uh, in the back seat, and I just very, without any thought, was just like, well, I'm going to put deodorant on now. Of course. He caught... Yeah, the corner of his eye, I could see that he, like, saw me just, like, like, this quick little swipes under the pits, and suddenly it smelled so much nicer in his car, so I really hope that I made his day better by that, because he, I could see, he didn't want to laugh, because I don't think he wanted to, like, feel like maybe he was embarrassing me, which I honestly did not care to be embarrassed, but um, I really admired the fact that like I caught him kind of like smirking in the rearview mirror and like I think we just we shared that moment of like listen man this is better for both of us it's hot out we're in a closed compartment exactly I'm like (laughs) your air conditioning is just flying at me and it's just gonna you're gonna catch up it's just trust me um so that was a fun little sidebar uh of my day and then uh and then I came up here and then uh Got to the studio where Joanne and I are recording a little bit early, so I decided let me check in on some work stuff on a couple emails. And uh, sure enough, I received a text from my distributor that was somewhat emotionally charged. And uh, it always just kind of like, I, I part of the job is knowing how to accept curveballs and like trying to not let them affect you personally. Mm. Like your first instinct whenever you get a text, and this could be like in personal relationships too, is always like, oh, like that, that's fucked up. Like that, no, no one talks to me like that. And like while there is certainly a level of like truth to that for sure, it's how we respond that I think kind of helps to diffuse the situation mm-hmm. or like, because you can control your reaction. You can't yeah. control anybody else's behavior. And it, and it, I think, then can warrant a more civilized conversation. Sure. And just I think it that's the bit. biggest challenge, with really with anything, but it was like, on, truly, like, just before we started recording, it was like, that was the knock that I had in my stomach. It was sure. like, this kind of sucks. Like, I don't like being talked to in this way. Sure. Or even ever having any kind of, like, reason for conflict with anybody, but... It's my big takeaway is like taking a second to like absorb it, recognize it. It's going to pass, but it's how we choose to kind of approach it. Mm -hmm. And so I guess all the balls are in my court right now. uh, (laughs) And that's okay. To be be continued. To be continued. So, I mean, your life and I think the life of any person that works for uh, a spirits brand that cares about their job and wants to see some measure of success, you don't stop moving. Mm-mm. Very often from the second you wake up to the second your head hits the pillow at the end of the night, it is if you are not plugged in face to face with somebody, you are plugged in digitally. You're getting bombarded with phone calls, with emails, with Slack, with texts, with you know social media, stuff like that. And 
you know, from my own experience, it is a constant steady stream of demands, mm-hmm. both demands that you need to make to fulfill promises that you made to other people, um, but also people making demands of you. So cool. That's amazing and tiring. Um, <laughs> let's, I want to talk about your relationship a little bit because I've only had the, had the chance to meet Jake a handful of times and it's always been at things like bar convent and events where we, like we like run by each other in the hallway and it's like, Hey, great to see you. Um, but tell us a little bit about your relationship with Jake. Where did you guys meet? How did you meet? How long have you been together? How have you not murdered him yet? Cause he's a dude. <laughs> Just get in. Uh, I listen to a lot of murder podcasts and Jake laughs because he's like, I feel like you listen to them more and more because you're just getting ideas on how to like smother me without like make it leaving a trace. And yes. I was like, shh, stop talking. Um, <laughs> Jake Cahill and I have been dating for six and a half years. It's amazing. February of 2020 will be seven years. The seven year itch apparently is, as, as is what it's to be expected from what I've been told. Okay. Um, but I couldn't tell you, so stay tuned. Um, <laughs> We'll bring you back just to get an update. We'll do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We met through our chiropractor. Yes. Uh, She's great. Wait. Wait. I'm sorry. I did not know that. And her name is Dr. Wright. Also not a joke. Are you fucking serious? Yes, ma'am. Her name is Dr. Karen Wright. This is a shameless plug. She's amazing. Um, she's almost more of a therapist than I would say than a chiropractor just mm-hmm. because of her approach. It's very holistic with her. Like, she's not like, all right, get in there, crack some backs. <laughs> she doesn't even talk. I don't even know who talks like that. I'm just I'm not even sure where that accent came from. But um, <laughs> she's just extremely, like, just so connected to, like, how we manipulate and manifest stress Mm -hmm. both like physical well the mental that then becomes physical like Mm -hmm. on our bodies and Mm -hmm. it she made I I feel like I've always been someone just based you know my background of course growing in a very quick background here I was a dancer for many years I danced Mm -hmm. my whole life um and because of that I feel like I have a very I mean, I have a very good relationship with my body in that I, I know it. I know mm-hmm. when things are off. I know when things don't feel like they should feel. Yeah. And you also have excellent posture. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> that was all the belly that I did, uh, which helped with my scoliosis. Also a slight side Oh, I didn't um, know that. Guys, I'm discovering so much yeah, about my friend right now that I did not feel. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This, I had mild scoliosis because I had a growth spurt when I was a kid. And so my shoulder... My right shoulder, I think, is the one that's like slightly elevated. It's very subtle, but mm. I was told as a kid that because I was already taking ballet, it had helped a lot with that because of the alignment. Yeah. And that if I continued and kind of kept that as part of just like my own body discipline, that it would actually be extremely beneficial in my later years. Yeah. And just shy of 32, folks, and I'm doing all right. <laughs> um, other things hurt, but not my back. Um <laughs> And so uh, I was in her office one day. This was late 2012. She saw that I had an improv book with me. I also, 2012, I got really into improv comedy. I was taking classes and performing at UCB and just kind of fell in love with that world for that time in my life. It was a really therapeutic way for me to kind of deal with a lot of things that I had been dealing with. I had lost my grandmother that year. I had broken up with somebody that year. And so it just kind of felt like the hits kept coming. And so when improv kind of opened the door to 
just what a fun world that could be and and a way to kind of release some stuff that I didn't realize I was still holding on to but in a healthy comedic kind of way because like if you can't make fun of yourself at some point like what's it all for right why like, do you take yourself so right like don't take yourself so fucking seriously yeah. <laughs> like you know yeah yes. I fucking put deodorant on this guy's car and I was just yeah. like you know what man like who gives a fuck like, <laughs> yeah, but we, I smell better your car smells every, every everything's better right now <laughs> Than what it was three seconds before. And this is just a Wednesday. I do. <laughs> like to point that out. Um, so she sees my book. She's like, oh my God, you know, I have this patient who's also into improv. Uh, he lives in Westchester. He's curious and interested in like connecting more with the scene in New York City. Uh, his father's also a patient of mine. And like the whole time my head's in the dome and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and like... I, I feel like I could she's sense... She's pressing on your scapula. Yeah, she's just like moving... She uses the Graston technique, which basically looks like a like a boomerang. Like it's oh. like this like silver spatula situation. And she, girl goes in. Oh like my God. She, she... I mean, those knots don't even see it coming. They're oh like, we out. Like they leave without <laughs> even... Like it's just like out the door. So she's talking to me and I'm just like okay and then she kind of like then leans into like I think you guys would just be such great friends like you're both like so much the same and I'm just like oh baby that sounds awful like, <laughs> like another one of me walking around but as a male like, that's terrible sounds like a nightmare that's a literal nightmare like my actual nightmare uh, and so she's like would you mind if I gave him your email address and your phone number and I was like listen Dr. Ray I don't mean any disrespect but I'm not really interested in like being set up right now if that's like kind of your vibe like I don't you know I appreciate you know the you know the, the, the thoughts but I'm just and she's like no 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 she's like I promise this is all very innocent like I just really think that you two would be great friends and I know that he's really looking to connect to more people in the city yeah and I was like all right well, because Westchester might as well be another planet. I mean, like, I like just don't. What? I've been there now several times it's, in the years. I, it's just like, mm, blah, blah, blah. no. Yeah. Um, sorry, Westchester. Yeah, not listen, sorry. You, you, I mean, <laughs> listen, it's all fine, but I just, just not my scene. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and so she, she, she puts us in touch. She sends me this email, and immediately when I read the email, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, this guy's such a dweeb, and. Cut to the beginning of the, the new year because the email that he sent was kind of around the holidays and I was just like, well, I'll just I'll check back in with this guy in the new year. Cut to January, we connect on social media and then I see what he looks like and I was like, oh, mamma mia. <laughs> he's, he's real cute. He sends dorky emails, but he's real cute. <laughs> Cut to then January 16th of 2013 and I will say why this date is so specific in a moment, but uh, we decide to meet in Bryan Park. Uh, it was actually right before an appointment that I had with Dr. Wright, and it was close <laughs> to Bryant Park, so we figured this would be a really nice meeting point. It was Perfect. easy for him to get to because mm-hmm. it was close to Grand Central. Yes. Because he was still living in Westchester. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget when I turned around, and he's on the phone, just because we're trying to find each other. It's like the dead of winter, so everyone's essentially wearing the same thing, so we all just look like clones of each other. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, and I see him, and we both smiled at each other, and it was the kind of smile that like like you've been friends forever kind of mm. thing like you've just always like as if we'd known each other forever and yeah. it was literally the first time that we had physically seen each other oh gave God. each other this huge hug it was amazing and honestly that really is what kind of sprouted this really fun friendship like 
I was 25 at the time, and I, you know, I was feeling, you know, I was just like, I'm gonna get in his pants one way or another. It was just kind of in my head was that I was like, I got enough friends, I can mm-hmm. use another one that, you know, I can bone every once in a yeah. while. But then eventually things kind of started to shift. I was really truly enjoying his company and like he was really he had just fallen in love with wine and so he was actually starting to introduce me to the world of wine because like I knew wine but I was like I like red wine or like oh this smells like a white wine like I wasn't (laughs) I, I truly wasn't like as involved with that world because at that time I was heavy into cocktail bartending yeah at the time I was bartending at Rye House which in its heyday was like a super high volume whiskey focused mm-hmm. cocktail bar. Yeah. And so I always joke he's I don't know if he's ever admitted it, I don't remember, but I he came in one night to see me because we kept like making these little dates to come hang out in the city. We'd go to catch a UCB show, then we'd go mm-hmm. to a restaurant and like you know, they do corkage fee and he'd like bring a bottle of wine and like talk to me about it. Oh I love that. And I found that to be so adorable That's and a I good was move. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, Gavinacha, tell me more. Um, so uh he came in to see me and I, I don't know that he noticed me look at him and this was still before when we were like, we're friends, right? Mm-hmm. And Had I, you slept together at that point? Nope. Okay. Oh, girl. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. So I caught him giving me this like cute little face when he saw me like in my vibe of like speed bartending that I was just used to. I mean, having been a dancer for so long too, like I feel oh, like Oh, you know I how to always, move behind a bar. I, could, I dance mm-hmm. behind a bar. It's mm-hmm. just this whole kind of choreography that kind of comes into play. And, and that's hot. Honestly, like, uh, listen, if you guys I mean, ever go out and you see a bartender that just knows how to move and is so, like beautiful it's, it's in the face. It's captivating. It's, it's absolutely captivating. captivating. And yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, bartenders are entertainers. Like, we're mm-hmm. hosts to you, we're entertaining yeah. you. Yeah. Like, it's not just like any bartender can make you a good drink, but a, a bartender that can really entertain and host, like, yes. that's a good fucking make bartender. Make you feel special. You can make me a fucking tequila soda, but if you can really be a host and entertain, like, yeah. that to me is what makes me or makes you a good bartender. Absolutely. So, um, he, I caught him kind of like with like the jaw drop moment, uh-huh. and like that to me was like a. <laughs> like a <laughs> um, and I knew I was starting to crush on him a little bit, but like we were still just kind of playing this weird like we don't want to push it line because he lived in Westchester. Listen, girl. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. I'm going to hang on to that. Listen, listen. I got me a boy from Westchester, as Marissa used to say in those big... Marissa? Marissa, whatever her name was. Uh, but he eventually moved to Brooklyn. So we actually, when we started dating, he still lived in Westchester for like a full year before mm-hmm. he then moved to Brooklyn, which is where I've been living now for like seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, but the night that we like finally like just made out or whatever and he like stayed the night at my place... I went for it. I was like, I want to see what, you know, mm-hmm. what he's packing. What are we working with? What are we working with? So I know what, you know, yeah. I can then take next steps. Totally. Um, pull out the flashcards. Like <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, listen, I've had my fun, folks. All right. I've seen all shapes and sizes and colors. So uh, I'm normalizing this. Dicks are great. Dicks are great. Uh, don't be Until a dick. But don't be a dick. But dicks are great. Um, so he did not allow me to go down there. 
Really? Yes. We did not have sex until like a month and a half after we had been seeing each other. Really? He was such a fucking prude, dude. What was his reasoning? He really liked me and he was like, I felt kind of nervous because you were the first girl that I had been with in like a long time. Jake. Dude, now, six and a half years later, he's like... Hey, hey, I was like, is that your dick poking my ass? Like, I'm like, I'm literally, I'm sleeping. Like, it's so hot. It's like three o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm so tired. Um, it's, yeah. So that was 2013. So mm-hmm. that's really when we started officially dating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we live together. We're essentially married, right? I mean. How long like, have you lived together? We've lived together this year will be four years. That's amazing. Living together. I mean, because cohabitation, like, and I've done it. Mm Because here's the thing. And, like, it's some people are really good at cohabitating with some people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, some people are really good at having roommates. And then, like, I've had friends that have had roommates since they were in college. And then you see them move in with a significant other and shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you mad about the rotting spinach in the fridge? Or are you, like... Like, what is the deal? Mm-hmm. Other people, like myself, are not good at cohabitating with anyone. <laughs> There's a reason I live alone. Um, but I think it it's so fascinating because every relationship is different. Every couple is different. Everybody's needs are different. So when you make the choice to commit to, like... And in New York, you know, you're sharing a tiny-ass space. It's not like you have a gigantic you know, like full floor to yourself, unless you're loaded, in which case bless and please enjoy. Mm-hmm. But like for most of us, you know, peons, it's it's a small space that you have to learn how to share with somebody in a way that keeps the relationship intact. Yeah. And to live with someone for that long, I feel like, you know, regardless of whether or not, you know, you have plans to get married or you have plans for this and the other thing, or whether you're just like taking it as it comes, I think that's such an admirable thing. Cause it's hard. It's real hard, girl. It's yeah. been, listen, I'm lucky to live with a partner like Jake because, man, he knows how to communicate. And honestly, he's probably one of like three men in the world that <laughs> do. And the other two are also taken. So, like, enjoy, ladies. He's, I would almost argue that he's better at communicating than I am, which um, it's not easy for me to relinquish. <laughs> my, my power Amanda's an alpha if you can't tell a thousand percent <laughs> um, but it's one of the things that I really love about him the most and it, despite whether it's because we're communicating because things aren't good or like whether we're communicating in a positive or a negative like about a positive or a negative thing just the fact that he's so he's very aware and maybe it's come with years and the fact that we've lived together for four years, we're like, we've dealt with a lot of shit. We had a lot of problems, you know, when it comes to fucking New York and apartments and real estate and finances, you know, like we are now in a place where both of us are financially stable. Doesn't mean we're fucking loaded, but like we're at a place now where like we can really start to think about other things in our lives that we're maybe trying to do together like whether that be traveling or like just plans like Mm -hmm. now I feel like the the discussion of plans and like that idea is something that is actually a little bit more tangible because your head is above water because we're not fucking drowning yeah and yeah you know we both struggled together we struggled individually while living together um 
I couldn't imagine going through this with anybody else. I think the one thing I can be, listen, fucking fighting sucks, dude. Like, it really does. Going through your dry spells fucking sucks, mm-hmm. too. But you, if you can come out on top with a better understanding of each other and of yourself, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better result. Yeah, because I think a lot of people make the mistake of, you know, we all have baggage. We oh, all have our things. And I'm a firm believer in the concept that your relationship should be your oasis. Is the oasis always perfect? Absolutely not. And if you expect it to be, you are not living in reality. But your relationship is never where you turn to or where you go to find yourself or work through your old shit. You know what I mean? Like everybody's individual shit is your own shit. Go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Talk to your therapist about stuff that you don't need to share with your significant other or shouldn't because they are not going to be able to heal you. You heal you. Um, so, So often I think we see couples fight to have a winner versus fighting to have a solution and the couples that last long you know that have this kind of beautiful longevity to the relationship this constant evolution to the relationship that just brings two individual humans together really powerfully those people fight for a solution and learn to speak the other person's language not to kowtow to them but to understand where the other human is coming from because they're all flawed you know what i mean you can be sexy as you want to be but like you're still gonna make a mistake Mm -hmm. um so going back to kind of touching back on your calendar a little bit um the phrase that you often hear and like the collective you all of us you is that you cannot truly love another human until you love yourself and I think that is, especially as a woman, and you're a woman of color as well, I think the the journey to self-love um, in this world that we live in as women um, is exponentially tougher mm-hmm. than it is for other people. So I would kind of love to know what ways you are able to prioritize self-love in with the, with like the long-term byproduct being a positive impact on your relationship because of this kind of intrinsic self-care? Um, that's a great question. This might need a little bit of thought just because I really want to give an answer that feels honest and like valuable yeah. to our listeners. Yeah. But I think the number one thing is our connections to phones. Mm-hmm. I think that that's my biggest challenge when it comes to disconnecting. And I don't just mean like, okay, I'm done for the day. It's also like, you know, the, the wasted hours on Instagram and looking at things that people post. Like, I joke with people all the time when they're like, oh my God, your life is so cool. You're doing all this traveling. And it's like, no, I'm using social media for the exact same reason everybody else is, to yeah. just show that I'm doing something cool in the moment. Yeah. But in reality, like, I'm fucking home watching The Office in my bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm literally... It's... it's we, Social media is this thing that is just so... It's this tug of war of good and bad because there can be a lot of good if we utilize it and we understand what it is, if we look at it for what it is and and just leave it as such. But with regards to self-love, it's like, it's hard to not go down that weird hole that a lot of us do, women especially, Mm -hmm. 
with regards to image, with regards to where we are in our lives in terms of our prof- like like one of the biggest things uh, and it was a friend of mine, Ceci, who I adore, uh, one of the best actresses and fucking writers, and just she's a genius. And she was in a play, um, and I'm forgetting the name, and I'm really sorry. But um, they had asked the audience to write on a piece of paper uh, what uh, what terrifies you the most or what gives mm-hmm. you the most anxiety. It was something along that, because the, the play was about... We were, it was kind of an interactive play because we were passengers on a flight. Cool. And so it was like, what gives you the most anxiety or something along those lines? And my answer was defining success. Mm. Because I think that success, especially when we look at social media, is defined by fabulous trips and money, money, money. Algorithms. And and all those things. And it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um... Because you immediately, your subconscious just tries to like align what your life looks like compared to what's on on your phone, like what's being, you know, pushed into your face. So I've been trying to be a little bit more proactive. And this is also on Jake's. Jake is a super supportive partner. I, I hate when he calls me on my shit. Again, <laughs> I hate when we're pushing certain elements of my control because I am the queen of everything in the Jake Amanda household. Um, but uh, one of the things that he has really tried to implement for both of us, and he's way better at it because he's just never been attached to a phone like I have, is when we're home together and it's our time, put the fucking phone away. Yeah. It's so fucking hard. It's extremely challenging for me. And I'm, and I'm, happy to admit it you know it's 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 hard when you do everything everything lives on your phone yeah. like I moved to New York City in 2010 with a fucking Blackberry not even I don't remember what it was like a Motorola like did you have the slider no I didn't or like the flip phone no so that it wasn't a Motorola it was another it was like a fake Motorola but it was like it opened on the side yeah and you could like side text oh text yeah, yeah 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 I remember it strange, but it wasn't the flippy one that yeah. everybody had yeah and I remember back then, it was 2010, it was like, man, you just needed to know how the fuck to get around, or you got on MapQuest five minutes before you left and printed it out or wrote it on your hand, yep. and then, c'est la vie, and you good luck, like, you figured it out, yeah. and now it's like, if I leave home without my phone, I'm like, I'm a shell of a person, yes, I don't know yes. how to... You can't do anything. I can't do you anything. Don't have access to anything. Because I don't have access to anything. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. access my phone, my maps. Yeah. My your identity I, is like is, wrapped up in your phone. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about self-love and, and figuring all that out, another thing that I have found, Jake and I are very active people. Mm-hmm. We're both very athletic. Yes. I was a dancer my whole life. Jake has done all the things, baseball, softball, mm-hmm. everything. Now he's he's a very avid rock climber he's really into doing that and he's competed on American Ninja Warrior shameless plug cool um, I didn't yeah, know that oh my god he sure did <laughs> he's a little spider monkey <laughs> it's exhausting uh, people were like why don't you want to have children I was like I have one <laughs> already he's always very excited it's exhausting uh, he asked if he could like we have the uh, the wall in our living room where our TV is is like pretty barren. We don't have like any shelving or anything up there yet. We've lived there for almost four years and we're like, we'll get to it. <laughs> and he's like, would you hate if I put like 
like bouldering and I was like are yes. you fucking serious I'm like do you think I want to come home at like 3am from like a night out find you like dangling from the ceiling dang- yeah <laughs> I was like no thanks dude like I let you win the battle of the fucking pull up bar in our hallway because yeah. it's removable so yeah. when guests come over but it's also served as a really nice like hanging towels when they're wet after the laundry or your blouse. I literally wear my dresses right now after it's been steamed. Uh, or I like to hang on it in the morning because it like stretches my spine out. Oh yeah, but that's he's nice. like doing all so he's like hanging off shit and it's all very exhausting. Um, <laughs> so we're active people, and one of the things that I found the most challenging when I started working in this position and realizing that it was like you make your own schedule and like you kind of have to be on all the time and like. Yeah. A day might be a nine to five one day, but then it might be a twelve to twelve another day. Yeah. Like Or a nine to twelve for fuck's sake. For, I mean like uh-huh. we've had days like that. Sure have. <laughs> and Especially when you get into Q4. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Which we're real close. Real close, real close. Um is finding that time to like just work out. And and for mm. me working out has never been I fucking hate working out. Like let's okay, let's also just be honest here. I hate going to the gym (laughs) it's uh, being having been a dancer having come from like a classroom kind of aesthetic i'm used to being in a classroom where i am suffering with the rest of these women (laughs) and sometimes men but the majority is usually a lot of women in in some of my classes and so i like that like group mind of like dude we're in this together like we're in it there's somebody here guiding us. Solidarity. Or just it's solidarity. We're here. Someone is kind of leading, you know, the captain is leading the ship, and we're just kind of hoping not to fall off of it. And <laughs> That's like me in every ballet class I've ever taken. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey. And so, and for Jake as well, being active and working out is very important. And another activity that we found that we've kind of really liked doing together now is while I don't like going to the gym, but I do take classes. I'm an avid class passer user. I love class pass. It's so great. It's great. It's awesome. Lifesaver. Um, Lifesaver gives you options for different things. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like doing just one thing. Yeah. It's never yeah. been me. It, it speaks to who I am. It speaks to the kind of things that I've done in my life. It speaks to the job that I have now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I talk about different brands. I could not be tied to just one brand. I, Me, personally, I feel like I would be bored You're to not tears. not a one-dimensional human. Class yeah. Pass, if you ever want to sponsor an episode, yeah, listen, here we are. Here for it. <laughs> um, so, but... Uh, he goes to the gym and is able to bring me on as a guest. Mm. And so we've done that together because he is someone with a lot. Listen, I didn't like it at first yeah. because it felt very like I would just get bored or I was like, I'm extremely self-critical and also don't like when I'm not good at something right out the gate. Relatable content. Uh, huh? Yeah. And so when I would do something at the gym whether it was using a machine which I'm like this looks like a weird flappy thing and it's like I don't understand like, <laughs> I, like but having him there to guide me is great and I would get in the beginning I would get frustrated because I was like I don't know how to do this and I hate that he's like giving me direction because it's like making me not like this stop telling me what to do I, exactly yes <laughs> he shifted his tone to a, a place of like wait a minute I recognize that like maybe the way I'm saying this is not like sound it doesn't feel like supportive to you yeah and so like this is this has worked for me let's see if it works for you and so we've found a really nice balance where now 
we can work out together. And so when I know like, he's like, Hey, I'm going to go and do legs today. I was like, Oh, great. Like I'll go with you and let's do this together. And so that's definitely much more fun. And I like to see it as an activity that we can do together. I love that. Well, because he also works in the same business. So yeah. he now works for a distributor. He works for Skernick. And yeah. so his life and job and day-to-day is very similar to mine. Yeah. And, you know, I got to I gotta applaud his, like, he stands his ground when it comes to his personal time. Yes. And it's so crazy because I don't know if maybe it's, like, rel- at least it feels this way to New York because it's the only other place I've ever lived aside from Miami where I'm from where, like, New York is such a high-paced kind of place that, like, personal time almost feels selfish. It feels rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and how like, dare I, you? I feel, and, like, yeah, like, how dare you take this time? The city and it's is like, passing you by. What yeah. are you doing? And I'm like, f- like, on days when I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm done early, no way. Yeah. Or, like, I'm i got to feel the time with something else. Oh, my God. It's so yeah. insane yeah. that, like, we yeah. don't honor that time for ourselves. Yeah. And, well... This I can go into this other topic. Um, about a month ago, month and yeah, what's today? August August fourteenth. What, what are dates? What is, <laughs> it is what Wednesday. Is, what is time? Wednesday, August fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. So July eighth last month. Yeah, I had an accident. Uh, I had five stitches. That was me showing uh, Joanna my chin. Amanda, I don't just make these sounds on purpose. Oh my god! Um, so I fainted in a Sephora on nineteenth and fifth due to dehydration. Amanda, girl. So this was following Fourth of July weekend, which I wasn't like eh, booze and hard. I but I went to the beach. I swam yeah. a lot. Like yeah. I'm a huge beach baby. It's also hot like, as fuck. It's July. Exactly. <laughs> and I just I don't think that I replenished what I yeah. had used up yeah. and. It was coming off of a very busy month for me for work, yeah. sliding into an equally busy month. Like the summer for us booze people oh my God. tends to be very busy because it's when everybody wants to be out and drinking and rooftop bars. Well, and in these massive counting. events, you're rolling from BCB into Tails with like five fringe events on the side. Yes, it's, ma'am. It's stupid. Correct. Stupid. Correct. And so... I ended up in the hospital. It was all very dramatic. It was like they had to run CAT scan and and take my blood. They were like, have you eaten today? And I was like, eating is not the problem, I can assure you. Um, (laughs) Like they took my blood sugar. They're like, you're correct. I was like, I'm telling you. Um, And so it ended up being dehydration. Mm. Um, And for me, I was really fucking pissed. Mm. Like I started crying in the hospital after I got stitched up five stitches on my chin. Very dramatic. And Jake was like, honey, you have to be stop being so hard on yourself. And I was like, I'm so mad that it took this to happen mm-hmm. for me to recognize that I need to take a second. Yeah. And the beach stuff alone, fine. But it was a big wake-up call for me yep. to be like, girl, you need to take a minute. Yeah. Like, you need yeah. to just take a day, take a personal day. Go get a massage. Go for go sit in the park. Go take a class. Yeah. Like, drink some water. Drink some fucking drink. What people? If you take anything away from this podcast, fucking drink water. Get a get a clean canteen. Also clean canteen if you feel like sponsoring or like free products. Like we're here for it. Eighty six plastics. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's oops. That's gonna sound really loud. Um. <laughs> it it was a. A dramatic wake-up call in that I needed to kind of recognize that 
I was burning myself out. Yes. Um, I was, you know, holding myself to this place of like, I have to get everything done. I have to do it. Like you're always your own worst self-critic. It's, it's the, the idea of self-love is so complicated because we want to love ourselves, but we also want to beat ourselves up. Like it's such yeah. a weird place to kind of live in. Like, well, and I see, I see the way that you move through space and work and things like that. We've known each other for how long now? I feel like I met you. You met me right around the time that I started a back bar project. So I would say about two and a half years we've known each other. Okay. Going on three. Yeah. God, it feels like longer. Yeah. Um, And I think one of the things that I was so struck by when you and I first met is that you are so grounded in both your presence, like as you move through space, but also you have such such a beautiful sense of self about you that it kind of instantly commands respect not demands respect but like commands respect you are a human that very much knows herself and very much respects herself and i think it's so interesting because i feel like with you i've seen you when you've been burned out and it's almost like you are you're always very steady i don't ever really see you get rattled I see you get irritated, but I never see you get rattled. Because um, there's a difference. Like, mm-hmm. we know people that get real rattled. Um, it's not pretty. Um, but I feel like with you, it almost does take something that extreme for you to take a step back. And it's, you know, the fact that you have somebody that's like, hey, <laughs> in a non judgmental way, just mm-hmm. being like, yeah, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of feeding off of that, I would love to know. What things that you two do to support each other that you really, really enjoy? It can be big, it can be small, but just like things that are the little floating constant flex of gold in your relationship that just like kind of inherently like lift each other up. Listening. It's the hardest thing to do. This has been a great episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. (laughs) It's... It's the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. when you're constantly, it's, it's hard to shut the mind off. It's hard to be in a conversation with someone knowing that this person, in this case, obviously I'm talking about Jake, but I, I try to keep the same kind of approach with all of my relationships. Mm-hmm. Just got to listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they want what they need uh oftentimes they won't they might not know how to tell you what they need and Mm -hmm. it comes in the listening Mm -hmm. um and that's very vulnerable it's extremely vulnerable like choosing to not listen to respond but to listen for the sake of listening Mm -hmm. is vulnerable a it's vulnerable for the person that's sharing Mm -hmm. but b it can be vulnerable for you because very often responses are what protect us Mm -hmm. You know, it also leaves a lot of room for like gaslighting if you're in an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I've learned in dating Jake and and getting to know each other over these years is I'm I'm really good at spewing my thoughts and you know blah blah blah. I'm always <laughs> usually very like high energy and he said this to me and I'll never forget it because I, I'm much more aware of it now. He goes, you and I are so similar. Like, we're both really high-energy people. Like, Jake is such a goofball. He's so funny. Like, he's always such a... Like, you get him going, and it's like... 
it, you're done. Like, and that man does not need a beverage in hand to get to that place. Yeah. Like, he's just so funny and high energy without any additional things needed. Yeah. But whenever we're at anything together, he's like, if I know that it's like, you're in this place, like, you know, it could be like, I don't know, a work event or anything. And, and, and you're just kind of like, being the higher energy one he's like I always kind of take the step back and I kind of allow that to be what it is yeah it's not it's not like whether one of us is trying to like I want more attention it's just like it's it's the listening it's just being so aware of each other mm-hmm. um, the other person's energy what they yeah. feel like putting out into the world right now and and same with Jake it's like two of us at our high energy rates like that is a disaster it's <laughs> it's 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 like a train just kind of going off the tracks like you're just like oh can't look away now <laughs> and it's not a bad thing but it can be very exhausting in a in a in a group setting totally. and and Sometimes I can be misunderstood, like, oh, these two are just trying. And it's it's really not who we are. It's just, you know, we're, we're just very high-energy people. We like to be, um, you know, we're very social. We yeah. like to be very social. But And so him or I taking it a couple dials down when the other is a little bit more high, it's just finding it's equilibrium. It's mm-hmm. like you're on a seesaw, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like this one's here and I'm here. We're just going to, yeah. Still giving the other one more weight, more support, but like it's cool. Like it doesn't mean that one of us is in a bad mood or like feeling sad. It's actually a very purposeful, graceful, delicate dance to do. Uh huh. It's and choreography. It's, cho- it's emotional <laughs> choreography. It truly is. I'm gonna change the title of this episode to <laughs> emotional <laughs> choreography because it is. It's it all is. A dance. And for there must be such a such a beautiful sense of safety and strength and love in knowing somebody sees immediately kind of into the heart of whatever moment is happening and is content to just whatever happens happens and to treat the space that you share with such care I feel like is more rare than it should be you know to add on the heels of what you said the space that we share with such care I also want to I rhymed on purpose yes (laughs) ma'am I'm single if you can't tell. Yeah. Because I talk like that. And I'm not, but I mean, Jake <laughs> might reconsider after listening to some of the sounds I've made on this podcast. Um, the tangible space, the physical space that him and I share our home mm-hmm. is also another one that we try to really honor for one another and I mean that in the smallest little ways like because of our lives and our schedules one of the other things that we both promise to be just more aware of is bringing work home with us mm. because we work very closely together now a working in the same industry but also yeah. working like our products are distributed through his distributor in the same building so <laughs> like. it's 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 close corners for sure. It's, yeah. a, it's a slightly precarious situation, but we've, I'd like to say that we'd, we've, we've dealt with it with a lot of grace in that when we're home, we're done talking about work. That space is we, sacred. We might do the whole like, oh, what's your day like tomorrow? Oh, cool. You're going to go see this. Oh, cool. Tell him I say hi. And then like, we'll kind of leave it at that. Like, yeah. 
we keep it as positive as possible. Yes. Minimal details, but always like a positive thing. But one of the things that we both like to do for each other, and he does it a lot more for me because of my tremendous OCD tendencies with keeping a clean home, is if he knows that I've been out all day and just it's an exhausting long day, it may have been a good day, but just a long day, mm-hmm. he, I'll come home and it's like, the apartment is like tidy, but tidy in a way where like I can tell like he really puts some effort, like mm-hmm. lights a candle, puts Aww. on the little lamp in the corner, like where our console is, like it's our reading light. Yeah. Like it's those little things that it's just like he makes it cozy for me coming home. And I've done the same for him. Yeah. Like it's just this thing of like this is our home, like this is where we both should be at peace. Yeah. And that comes with the listening man like yeah. it's so it's like, partnership like your teammates your teammates mm-hmm. one team one dream right it's yeah like, <laughs> you're, trying, you're trying to get to this place together yeah you know you might have different ideas of how to get there and that's where the communication comes into play and the listening comes into play totally. because it's probably the same thing just kind of being approached in a different way but the end game is still the same you know it's like you both want to be happy with each other you're not each other's whole lives, but you're an important part of each other's lives. And that was one of the things Jake said too, that I've always like really admired him for as well, is like, you know, we shouldn't be our each other's whole lives. Like No. But you're you're that shit's a, unhealthy. You're exactly. <laughs> it's like, but you're a part of my life and you're a part of my life that I like, you know, that I love and honor and cherish and respect. And it's it shows like again in that whole kind of seesaw balancing energy act, like if I know we're going to a party with all his high school friends, like I know he's going to be bouncing off the walls because it's just, it's that camaraderie with all his buddies. And, and I, you know, I, my, I, I take a couple steps back with my energy and those guys have become my friends too, just because yeah. we've been in each other's lives now for so long, yeah. but it's, it's just, it's finding that balance of really understanding each other and listening like I can't I can't hit on that note enough like that's actually that's actually perfect I think light a fucking candle dude light a candle (laughs) just blow it the fuck out unless you have renter's insurance in which case then best of luck to you but like (laughs) you know just light a candle light a candle (laughs) on that beautiful note Thank you so much for being on Asking for a Friend. Oh um, God, yeah. If people want to keep up with you, what's your Instagram handle? Oh, my. So, uh, ama- at, at Amanda, <laughs> uh, at Amanda De La Nuez on Instagram. De La Nuez, D-E-L-A-N-U-E-Z. For all of you non-Spanish speakers. It's a mouthful. I get it. Um, on Facebook, it's, this, you know, my full name, Amanda De La Nuez. I can assure you that I'm the only one out there. Um... And yeah, that's all. I don't think I'm on the Twitter. I used to don't. be, but I'm not. I deleted yeah. mine. Yeah, it was bad. That's another story for another day. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I oh appreciate yeah, you. It was and so it's fun. It's wonderful kind of hearing all of this insight because relationships are not uh, treated as the sacred things that they could be. Yeah. I think a lot of times, and I think that every human in the world one of our biggest goals whether we say it or not is to love and to be loved so watching you and jake navigate a your crazy lives but b your individual journeys and and the relationship that trifecta is is a really beautiful thing it's 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 worth the work if you're on the same page and can communicate you know it's it they require work 
they, they need work. They mm-hmm. need to be nurtured and cherished. Have more sex, guys. Like, I just, <laughs> it's, I need, it's advice that I should take myself, you know? Like, it's just, it's funny getting to where we are now. And like I said before, the dry spells and all that. And it's like, but then when you have sex and you're just like, fuck, that's, why don't we do this more? Like, it's just, it's so nice. And like, it just, it, it gives you the release that you kind of need, but also just aligns you again with that person. And then you're just like, oh yeah, like I fucking love you, but also like we fuck so great. <laughs> Our official sign off. Dicks are great. Dicks are great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll Bye. see you next time. <laughs>